The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night uh, that I answer all of your sex and relationship questions. Coming up after 10.15, I have a guest on. The topic of kissing came up yesterday. And interestingly, one of our uh, texters wrote, I can't kiss if the person, I can't kiss the person if they have halitosis, bad breath. So I thought, hmm, I just saw something about a bad breath doctor. So I've invited him to speak to us after 10.15, what to do about it and, uh, you know, what causes it. And is it a deal breaker? I'd love to ask our listeners too. Is bad breath a deal breaker for you? Like, would that be enough for you to stop? dating somebody, for example. 514-800, if you have a question for me or a comment, you can also call in at 514-790-0800. You can also email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com, as this person did, which was lovely. I am a single mom of two beautiful children, one 11 and a girl and 13-year-old boy. I've been divorced for three years and a regular listener to Passion for the last two years. Last week, you mentioned that your show was like a community, people helping people. But as much as I wanted to participate, I had really nothing relevant to add. Three months ago, we began uh, Friday night, family night, and the first Saturday of every month, family day. On Fridays, we order pizza and play card games or a board game. And on Saturday, family day, we go to an afternoon movie and do other activities we will all enjoy. I cannot tell you what a difference it has made in our lives. We have become much closer and found some things out about my kids that I never knew and they discovered a few things about me. This all started after listening to your show and how you encourage family time. Then you read a poem that really, really hit home with me and family time started. I currently do not have anyone special in my life and at this point I'm not looking. I want to devote my time to my kids. I will say that I did buy a great toy for those nights I need a little release. I am a big fan and want you to know that I am part of a large silent community and listen in bed when I do not fall asleep. I want to thank you so very much. That was that was that really warmed my heart. Thank you so much. And I, I do like to say here, we are like a community and I do get feedback from people where they are helped by you, not just me, but by you as well. Your input your experiences and to know that that people are not alone like a lot of the questions a lot of people have they feel very shy about writing in these are when you're talking about your sex life or something like that it's a very personal thing it's a it makes us feel vulnerable to talk about such a a subject that has often been taboo and has often been linked with a lot of shame and guilt for many people so I applaud those who are have the courage to write in. Remember when you write in, it is anonymous. So I will never use your name. Even if you put your name down, I won't use your name. So, uh, and, and that's the, the beauty of radio is that you could be anybody you want to be and still get your questions out there. No question is a silly question because if you've asked it, if you ask it, somebody else has thought it or has had the same question or the same experience. So I want you to feel free to, you know, ask whatever you need to ask. It's okay. I've 
pretty much heard everything and uh, and if I have the answer I will give you the answer and if I don't have the answer I will find the answer for you 514-800 to text in so I asked at the beginning of the program uh, if bad breath would be a deal breaker for you. For some people, it, it, it seems to be. But is it enough to give up uh, on a relationship, especially at the beginning of a relationship? Um, someone says, bad breath, not a deal breaker, not at all. Uh, smell, another one says, is a major turnoff for me. I stopped seeing someone because they had two unfixed male cats in their apartment and the smell was so bad I couldn't be there and since my place was under renovation we didn't see each other it's too bad because she was great and I regret it but I couldn't bear it so that's what when you have a sensitivity to to a smell or something um you know you're this that situation reminds me of a friend's episode when Ross is dating a girl who is super messy like every he, he goes to her house and then there's like creepy crawlers like underneath stuff and he it's like it totally grossed him out uh to to be there and you know how he's very like meticulous and stuff so there you go um, another text writes in, if the halitosis is chronic and doesn't get resolved, I would imagine it would be difficult to endure long-term. I can imagine though, it's just, uh, when you have like bad breath or halitosis, it's a, it's difficult to tell somebody, especially someone you're dating who you may not know so well, that they have bad breath. Like how, what is a good way to, uh, say that? Maybe we'll ask our bad breath doctor if he has any tips on how to, uh, how to approach the subject. Uh, the Passion Poet wrote, my poem really, really touched someone. I am touched. I envy you to help so many in such a good way. Oh, thank you. That's very uh, sweet. Yes, your poems have touched people. So uh, uh, you can keep sending them along. He's not hired by Passion, by the way. This is a listener. Just want to put that out there. Um and here's another uh, lovely message. Just want to say you have helped me out a ton. Thank you. I'm feeling the love. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with me. You know, after, I was just telling my husband that earlier, it's like, it's been 21 years that we're doing this night after night, right? And uh, and I love it. I, I really honestly can say, I love it because my husband often asks me, are, are you not tired yet? And I said, you know what? I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not tired of doing this because I love doing this. And it's so gratifying when you hear from people who you have touched or who have been reached by this or who have been helped by this community of this passion community, really. And, um, and it keeps me going. So when you have feedback or there's something that you want to share with us that doesn't have to just be a question, it could be something fun, something good, some, some good news, then, uh, then share with us, okay? Another texter is just as bad as a smoker whose clothes reek, definitely a deal breaker. So yes, for some people, smoking is a deal breaker, part, partly because of the smell and for whatever other reasons. And for other people, they don't care. So it's, um, you know... We're all different, and we all have a different tolerance for stuff, so there you go. Uh, texter writes in, I want to have a girlfriend. I'm very desperate to have a girlfriend. I do not know what to do to have a girlfriend. I'm in my mid-40s, and I've never had one. I need your help. I try many dating sites, but no luck in finding a girlfriend. 
People on the dating sites are lying about who they are. Most of the people on these dating sites are con people, or they are men pretending to be women. I want to meet a woman. What can I do to talk to a real woman face to face? So I, I think you're wrong, though, that did uh, that all people on dating sites are lying about who they are and most people are con artists or what have you, or that they are men pretending to be women. I think in certain situations that might be true, but that isn't the general uh, feeling, at least with the millions of people who are on these dating sites, they will tell you it's not like most people are lying to some degree. But maybe you have to ask yourself, what is it? You, you're having trouble. Maybe you're having trouble making those first connections. And um, maybe you should work with a dating coach, like someone who has, has not, never had a relationship. You're in your mid-40s. You something you've got to break that barrier. So how do you do that? You work with a coach who can figure out with you what you are doing wrong. Maybe you're doing, maybe you're not doing the right things in terms of getting out there, but maybe you're also doing things that come off as, uh, less appealing to people or something. So I would, uh, very much recommend that you see a dating coach. And the number one person that comes to my mind is Frank Kermit, who's been our dating dilemmas guy for like a decade. Uh, he would be helpful to you. So check him out at franktalks.com. And I know he's helped, like his main thing is working with adult male virgins, imagine. So, uh, he'd be very uh, helpful to you. I'm sure coming up, we'll talk about, we'll talk to the bad breath doctor and find out what we can do about it and how we can even talk to somebody about their bad breath, which could be a deal breaker for some people, I guess. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. This is uh, Trouble Tuesday on Passion, the night I answer all of your questions. Now, something came up last night on our panel. We were talking about uh, kissing, and in fact, uh, somebody texted in saying uh, they can't kiss somebody who has bad breath, and it got me thinking, hmm, is this a deal breaker for a lot of people? Like, would that be enough to give up the relationship or the date, or maybe you won't go on a second date or what have you, and also how... Do we even begin to approach the subject with somebody? And it just so happens that there is a bad breath doctor in the world, and his name is Dr. Harold Katz. Dr. Katz, welcome to the program. Uh, nice to be here. I'm very happy to answer any questions you have about bad breath and kissing. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so first of all, people might want to know, the, the word for bad breath is halitosis, right? That's the, Correct. Cl the yes. clinical word. So what causes it? Well, it's caused by bacteria. Most bad breath, the, the chronic type that's extremely offensive, is caused by bacteria. They live in the back of your tongue, throat, and tonsils, and under certain conditions, they produce what are called volatile sulfur compounds. Uh, those are chemicals. One is hydrogen sulfide. That's the rotten egg smell. Ooh, Another okay. chemical is called cadaverine. Another is called putrescine, the smell of rotting flesh. <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> when you smell rotting flesh, you certainly don't want to kiss that. Oh my, I, those words are not pleasant to hear. No, they're not. No, nor, neither is the smell, I guess. So, all right. So but we know they're what, very common. Everyone, everyone's got bad breath at one time or another, whether we wake up with it or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, high-protein diets, uh, medications. Uh, the side effect is usually bad breath. That's Actually, I wanted to ask you about that. What is it in our diet that um, 
Is there something like things we can eat that might reduce our bad breath? Well, the moister your mouth, the fresher your breath is going to be. Saliva is nature's way of keeping your breath fresh. Oh. That's why babies always smell fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, saliva has oxygen in it, and oxygen is the natural enemy of the anaerobic bacteria. So the more saliva you have, the fresher your breath. When you have morning breath, you, you don't produce saliva as you sleep at night. Your brain knows you're not eating as you're sleeping. Right. Your mouth is dry. You wake up in the morning, and that sulfur factory has been going on for seven or eight hours, and out comes the dragon, and the people are not kissable first thing in the morning. So, uh, again, it's a very common problem, but Valentine's Day is coming up, and we get questions at our clinic just as you get questions about kissing and bad breath. Absolutely. So question then, a follow-up to that is how do we keep the saliva going all day long? Okay, well, number one tip, drink plenty of water. It's very simple, but people just don't do enough of it. You need to drink between six and eight glasses of water a day. We use one and a half liters of saliva in a normal day, whether talking, eating, swallowing. It needs to be replenished. Uh, Drinking a six-pack of beer will not count as drinking water. I've done that research as well, and a six-pack of beer does not freshen your breath. <laughs> oh, beer breath? That's my pet peeve. I can't Well, alcohol makes your mouth breath. dry, and uh, right. the more dry your mouth, you're off to the races with bad breath, so alcohol is a big no-no. Okay. Uh, so big question uh, is, especially, let's say you're dating somebody and you don't know them all that well, how, how on earth do Maybe you can't answer this. I don't know. But how do you tell someone they have bad breath? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, we have a clinic. It's called the California Breath Clinics. We're here in Los Angeles. And we have a website. Uh, in uh, Canada, it's, uh, it's therabreathcanada.com. Okay. And on the top of the homepage, there's uh, something called the Telefriend Program. And you give <laughs> us the offender's email address. This is all anonymous. Oh, my and goodness. I send them a, a nicely worded email explaining to them that people don't know they have bad breath. You cannot smell your own breath. When you see someone cup their hand and blow into it before a date, great way to smell your hand. (laughs) Does not give me any indication about your breath. Test your breath at home. Lick the back of your hand. Let that dry a few seconds and take a whiff of that. And that allows those sulfur compounds to blend with your saliva. Once the liquid evaporates, uh, you can smell it on your hand. So uh, if you go to therabreathcanada.com, give me the offender's email address. I send a nicely worded email. We won't say that uh, your boss says that your breath sucks. It's all anonymous. Wow. uh, We want to be very factual. Very factual because people need to know there's a lot of myths about bad breath. Does that cost anything for people to do? Of course not. It's all free. Wow. So you know somebody, let's say your coworker has bad breath. All you have to do, give them their email and you send them an anonymous email from TheraBreath. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we do it all the time. Well, well, the reality is that there's some pretty simple ways to get rid of the bad breath. As I mentioned, keep your mouth as moist as possible. You want to avoid sugar as much as possible. Sugar feeds all types of bacteria. Okay. If you're going to have chocolate on Valentine's Day, go with the dark chocolate, much less sugar much less dairy. You want to cut down on proteins. Uh, Proteins are a fuel source for the bacteria. They actually chop up the proteins and extract sulfur from the amino acids and proteins. Like animal proteins or what what are we talking about? Yeah, all proteins, especially dairy protein. Dairy proteins are chock full of sulfur. Okay. um, There's a lot of chemistry that goes on inside the mouth instantaneously and we want to sort of prevent those odors as the, as the byproduct of that breakdown of the proteins. Have you noticed if any if people who are on, say, a vegetarian diet, vegan diet, 
keto diet, like, are the, their breaths different? Yes, their breath is horrendous. In fact, Who's? I once treated a group of supermodels in uh, New York City, and they looked great, but they smelled horrible. They, they did a couple of things that were very bad for your breath. Number one is they skip breakfast. You need to eat something first thing in the morning to kickstart your saliva. Otherwise, you have that morning breath that lasts and lasts and lasts until you eat something because you need that saliva to to form. Secondly, they smoke like crazy. And smoking makes your mouth very dry. So whether you're smoking cigarettes or uh, cannabis or whatever, terrible for your breath. And uh, they use the wrong mouthwashes. They're using alcohol-based mouthwash. There's up to 27% alcohol in most commercial mouthwashes, and again, that's keeping your mouth very dry. What we did in our clinics, we have a formula which is called TheraBreath, like therapy for your breath, mm-hmm. and it's available at Shoppers and Walmart and Jean Coutu and PharmaPre. You can get it all over Canada, mm-hmm. so not a problem to, to uh, get your, fresh, your breath fresh with the TheraBreath products. And that's like a, a like a mouthwash. What is it? Yeah, it's a mouthwash. It has an oxygen compound in it. It mimics healthy saliva, and essentially, what it does, the oxygen converts any existing sulfur compounds into non-odorous compounds instantly by donating oxygen molecules. So it's a sort of a sleight of hand with a, with the magic of chemistry to gobble up sulfur compounds instantaneously, and it keeps your breath fresh for 24 hours. I mean, even the uh, Canadian Dental Association has given us the seal of approval, so it's very wow. safe to use and pretty simple. I have, I think a lot of people are going to hit the pharmacy tomorrow. And well, well uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. They better hurry. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, they're going to send you emails, so get ready. You're going to get I'm some. I'm looking uh... forward. I can't wait. <laughs> my, my, what a service. Well, um, the bad breath doctor, Dr. Harold Katz, I can't thank you enough. I learned so much in these last few minutes. Thank well, you. Uh, next time I'm in Montreal, I'll bring, I have a machine that measures bad breath. It's called the halimeter. No I'll way. Stop by the studio. I'll stop by the studio and measure your breath. You better. Okay, good. Well, uh, well you smell good over the phone. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm so glad. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you your Happy time. Valentine's Day. Thank you. You too. Oh, I love him. Dr. Harold Katz, the bad breath doctor. So you heard him. If you know somebody who has bad breath and you know their email address, you can go to therabreathcanada.com, send them an email with the, he calls them the offenders, the bad breath person, their email address, and they will send a, a lovely, nicely worded email about their bad breath, but it won't know, they won't know who it came from. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Now I can get to some of your texts. I'm curious if the doctor could explain, unfortunately he's gone now, but how it's possible for someone to have distinct bad breath from a distance yet not from close up. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. We'll have to ask him that question. You can send him an email. Therabreathcanada.com. A uh, passion poet weighs in. Bad breath can be a turnoff. Body odor, not too nice. We all have had bad moments, not always sugar and spice. Our creator, not a great engineer. Just look at a woman's gentility. Who would build a great playground so close to a sewage facility? <laughs> Humans are not self-cleaning. Bad breath and odors come about. Unfortunately, other know first, and we're the last to find out. Yeah, you don't want to be the last to find out. Like, if people find your breath offensive, I would hope somebody would tell me if the, if my breath was offensive. I really... Um, so uh, maybe I'll get an email. I don't know. Um, I hope not. 
Uh, let's see, more texts at 514-800. I dated a guy who had an amazing sense of humor with a hearty laugh to boot. The problem was his breath was so caustic with his exhaling during the laugh would make the paint on the wall literally peel off. I tried to give him plenty of mints to clean up what I could, but after a few weeks, I brought up the topic of breath. Right away, he became enraged that I would even be critical about it. He never offered a reason what is causing this, nor did he try to see a dental hygienist when suggested. I broke off the dating feeling that if there would be future issues, they could be difficult to handle. Uh, Yeah, you might have dodged a bullet on this one simply because you're right. The way he handled the situation can tell you so uh, so much, uh, about a person, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a sensitive topic to bring up, but what are you to do if you don't want, if it's, if it's so offensive that you, you can't be that close to, to somebody, I would want to know. And there are clearly things you can do about it. The, the bad breath doctor gave us uh, lots of uh, things that we could do about it. Hi, Dr. Lori. About kissing, I have a problem with my jaw. It's actually cracking. It doesn't hurt. Is it possible to get fixed? Because seriously, it's bothering me a lot. I love your show. Uh, I wish I, I could help you. I'm not a medical doctor, so wouldn't know. But next time you're at your dentist's, why don't you ask your dentist to have a look? You know, they, they do x-rays. When they x-ray your teeth, they probably x-ray your jaw as well and could find out if it's something with your bite or maybe you need something at night or maybe you're grinding your teeth or something something's going on so obviously if it's hurting you to kiss and your jaw keeps cracking something functional might be um, a little uh, off so that's something that you can uh, that you can do more texts about bad breath. Wow, that happens to be a, quite a topic. Also, a question coming up to be answered is about wet dreams. That's coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight on the program, answering your questions, your texts and such. Uh, so we had on the breath doctor, the bad breath doctor, Dr. Harold Katz, and people are asking me to spell out the uh, the website and the, and the um, I guess, the, his brand of um, mouthwash, if you will, Thera Breath. So T-H-E-R-A and then the word breath. And then Thera Breath Canada dot com is the website where you can send them uh i guess there's a tab there but you can send uh through them an anonymous email to somebody who has bad breath that you don't know how to kind of approach which is interesting uh let's see uh i've got a few texts here before i get to my wet dreams um they talked today about idiosyncrasies that drive you nuts. Oh, yes, I talked about that with uh, Natasha on, on earlier today. Is food in the sink? What do you mean? You go to somebody's house and there's food in the sink? Okay. Uh, just as bad as halitosis is offensive natural body odor, actually. Seems despite bathing and using deodorant, certain people's BO is insidiously pungent. We should get a doctor who talks about... Uh, this kind of stuff, actually, because I don't know, especially if somebody showers and everything else and they, they, they take care of their hygiene, why would they 
still uh, smell. Um, then to another person who was talking about somebody's very offensive uh, mouth, his teeth were probably rotting. Well, that, that could be, I suppose, uh, one cause. And someone wants to know, does halitosis and stinky vagina have anything in common? I don't think so. I think uh, they're different bacterias, frankly, but I don't know if the bad breath doctor would have had a, a, an answer for, uh, for that one. Um, let's see... I'm looking for through the text boards here. Okay, let me answer this question about wet dreams. I was wondering if you could help me with the problem I've been having on and off for the past 18 months. I've been having wet dreams, vivid dreams of sex or sex acts with different people. The problem is I'm 53 years old. I would say it happens about twice a month. I was okay with it at first, but now I'm starting to um, worry about this. Why would you worry about this? Not quite sure. Um, is this something I should concern myself with or will it pass in time? So does anybody, has anybody over the age of uh, 25 experienced uh, wet dreams? So somebody middle-aged, for example, let's, uh, let's be a community here. Let me know if you're a guy and you've had a wet dream in, in your middle age, Tell me. I know women have them too, by the way. It's just that the evidence isn't quite there, but they have orgasms in their sleep and that can happen um, anytime. It's just that when you're, it, it's more common in, with teenage boys because their testosterone levels are high and they're kind of thinking about sex all the time. So even sleeping. But I would say this is, doesn't have to be a problem. This could be a, a wonderful thing, no? Yeah, just enjoy in, enjoy the dream. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Another uh, texter writes, I've had many hot and very sexual dreams, but I always wake up before the best part. Talk about anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, you would want it to kind of go uh, go all the way, I guess, for sure. And uh, Texter writes in, uh, I attended one of your events in the West Island and something I noticed was you always seem genuinely happy when meeting your listeners. You don't appear to just be going through the motions and are a genuinely kind person. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. That's really, really nice. Uh, not that I was fishing, by the way, for uh, like for compliments, just feedback on, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to hear when people have been helped in certain ways. Uh, this text writes, my girlfriend often makes fun of me for it, but I don't mind. This is definitely my favorite radio show, and it's taught me a lot about sexuality and about having sexual confidence as well, and I can't thank you enough. That's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, another person is just as bad, we're talking about bad breath, as a smoker whose clothes reek definitely a uh, deal breaker. Okay, so another one. Uh, I am 60. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so 60, 60 years old, still having wet dreams. There you go. Uh, so that's good. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Uh, what? <laughs> oh, here we go. About body odors too. This, this is a little different. What is it about some body odors that are so erotic and exciting? For example, a guy who has a foot fetish that loves to smell a woman's high heels after she's worn them all day. Do you get where I'm going with this? Yeah, I'm going with this fetish of uh, smell. So 
that's the thing, right? Somebody's yuck can be someone else's yum. That's the reality. So you might find stinky feet offensive and someone else might get turned on. What's the explanation? No clue. Like it's really hard to pinpoint how a fetish develops, how, why it's there, when it started, and certainly why it started, but we just know that they exist. Some people can pinpoint and say, yes, I remember when I was young, I used to uh, love uh, the smell of shoes or, or I don't know, um, my mother had these red high heels and, and, and then I used to like looking at them and then suddenly it was paired with erections or something like that. Like they can, they know like at which point it was paired with some kind of arousing experience. So, um, but we, uh, hardly know, you know, it's, it's not the kind of thing that it's not, it, we just, we just don't have that information. I, I, I don't know why we, there's not more studies on this. Like there's different theories about what, how fetishes, uh, evolve and usually has something to do with childhood or pairing of some sort, or sometimes it can be something else like, uh, something negative that became positive and arousing like so there's many different uh different ways uh let's see um i had a girlfriend her vagina stank but for some reason i really liked it so there you go there's uh you know so for you it wasn't so much of a stench as it was an erotic uh smell texter writes in omg i'm a 50 year old male what i would give to have wet dreams again Uh, I'm 53, but I definitely get boners during the night while I'm sleeping. Okay, well, that's a good sign. So um, we often look at, uh, for for the health of a, of a penis, it's one of the questions we ask. If somebody comes in with erectile dysfunction, for example, we ask the question, um, like, do, do you have morning erections or do you wake up with an erection or do you have nocturnal erections? So one way that we asked to test this, you know how you buy the roll of uh, stamps? You know those, you, you can buy them in a roll, right? Although how many people use stamps today? But regardless, they sell them in a roll. You can take that roll of stamps and put them around the circumference of your penis. So you stick them on and then in the morning you see if they have separated if the stamps have separated, if they've separated, you've had um, an erection. I mean, this is a very rudimentary way of checking. Of course, doctors will check in different ways, but this is one way to check if you're having nocturnal um, erections, which uh, can give you an indication of the 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 health of the blood flow in uh, in your in your penis. <laughs> what are those like 75 cents per stamp these days? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a small price to pay to see if your penis is healthy, I suppose. Why not? Um, coming up, listener wants to know from women, what's a perfect penis size? Or from men, I suppose. Uh, you can try and answer that question. I don't think I have the answer for it, except the standard, you know, science answer for it, but... We'll put that out there. That's coming up next. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. 
Trouble Tuesdays. Tonight, your questions answered. So this person wants to hear from female listeners. By the inch, (laughs) what is a perfect penis size? What's too small and what's too big? So uh, I'm putting it out there because the average penis size is somewhere around the five inches erect. So five inches erect seems to be your average, 5.2 something something like that. And what's too small? Plus people, you'll hear from women who tell you that circumference is, uh, probably more important. So thickness rather than length is maybe even more important, but you know, it's a, could be a preference. And there is such a thing as too big for, uh, for women. I've heard that from men who were too big who found that they had difficulties with a lot of women who just couldn't, like he would scare them away, like literally. They just, it didn't even, it couldn't even go in, basically. Um, <laughs> everybody feels bad when you say what the average size is. Can't we say the average size is two inches? <laughs> I'm not just here to make everybody feel good. I got to give the facts too. Um, somebody says, ever consider a passion community get together? Wouldn't that be fun? We could do like group therapy together. Uh, no, but if you have ideas, uh, I I'm open. Uh, how do doctors check if someone has nocturnal erections as a medical professional? I haven't heard of a test for this only patient reports. Thank you. And while we are showing appreciation, thank you. I do take lots of info that I hear from you, from you and your guests and use them in my practice. Oh, best compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, so, okay. So urologists do have ways to measure. First of all, you, you take home a contraption. It's like a, a, a ring, some kind of, um, uh, a ring that with, which has like a, a meter attached to it or some, some gauge. It's like a gauge thing and they can gauge, uh, the, the, how, how much of an erection that you get. And then of course you want to know, uh, they do tests in the office too. So they, you would get an erection or try to get an erection. I suppose in the doctor's office may not be so easy to do, but, uh, to check the blood flowing as well. And they, they do ultrasounds in the penis and things like that to check, um, the blood, the blood flow. Uh, Dr. Lee, the post office sells strips of five, 10 or 25 cent stamps, or you could buy the regular ones, depending on your mood, <laughs> a message from your friendly neighborhood mailman. Thank you, mailman. I wonder if he's my mailman who I absolutely adore. <laughs> Such a, a fine, fine gentleman. Um, <laughs> that's very cute. All right. Uh, depends on the woman. No tight, like average loose, like bigger. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point because sometimes in terms of size, there's the size of a vagina too. Uh, you know, there's, there's averages of, uh, the depth of a vagina, which is uh, anywhere from three to seven inches in the depth of a vagina. The average is 3.77 inches, but the vagina also extends during arousal and it can vary. So a penis is around, um, generally 33% longer than, uh, the depth of a, a woman's vagina, but it enlarges the, the vagina does during sex due to, uh, the blood flow. So if the, the penis is much bigger then it might cause, um, discomfort. 
Uh, let's see, not too big and not too small. Average is actually best, somebody says. So uh, there you have it. Oh, oh, is it true that your size usually equals the distance between your thumb and your first finger stre- stretched out? You know, I'm I'm not sure. I, I've he- I think I might have heard that, although I don't think that, I'm not sure there's science in that. I learned today, though, that of your foot is the same size as your forearm from wrist to elbow, which I didn't know, but I have to test it myself to to see if that's true. But anyway, let me know if uh, if that is it. Uh, men <laughs> men hate the dreaded question: <laughs> Is it in? <laughs> is it in? Could you imagine? Oh my, no, that's not something you would want to um, want to hear. But I have heard women talk like women other, and uh, I've heard the odd woman complain about a, a, a too small uh, penis. But you also speak to women who have partners who don't have very, who have maybe less than average penis sizes, but their partners you could be a fantastic lover even if your penis is smaller than average because for women what you do with your hands and your mouth and all the foreplay and the caressing and all of that stuff matters more maybe not for every woman there are some women who insist they need a certain size I suppose and that might be a deal breaker for some but I haven't met too many women where it's a a deal breaker complete deal breaker. I mean, if there are other factors, you know, if penis size is small and there are other factors that, you know, doesn't make them such a great partner, then they'll be more easily, it might be easier to give it up, uh, give up the, the, that relationship. So that, that's a possibility. Uh, let's see. I was wondering about the HPV simplex. You know, you're talking about herpes, the herpes, not HPV is human papillomavirus, which is different. Is that what it is or is it herpes? Can you please talk about it and how it relates to cold sores or blisters? So you're talking about um, herpes and you can, you have two, you have herpes one, herpes two, and you have um, oral or uh, genital herpes. If you have a cold sore on your mouth, you have, um, I forget, I think it's HSV two, I believe is on the mouth. Anyway, it's either one or two. Um, now, if you have a, a cold sore on your mouth and you uh, put your mouth on somebody's genitals, they can develop that herpes virus on the genitals and could get uh, genital sores because of, of that. So be very careful if you are prone to that. And believe me, the huge portion of the population have this virus in their system. Some people have regular outbreaks of cold sores. I'm talking on the mouth. Uh, and some people once in a, in a blue moon, um, and people who have them generally know what it feels like, like a little prickly feeling that starts like a, a tingling feeling. And then if you get that tingling feeling and you put on some, some of this herpes cream on it, then, uh, uh, you know, you could stop it from, from growing, but you don't want to kiss a partner when you have a, a herpes on your lip and you don't want to go down on a partner, uh, who, who has that. So, um, and then you have, of course, the, the, the genital herpes, which is, uh, these are skin to skin transmitted 
infections like HPV, which can bring up uh, genital warts and such. These are blisters. The herpes are like blisters and they are transmitted skin to skin. So if you are having an outbreak in your genitals, please avoid sexual contact because even a condom is not going to protect you. Um, but the other thing is too, is that even if you're not symptomatic, there is still a possibility of transmission. I think it's important if you carry the virus that you tell a partner that, uh, that you have it and you might, I know this is a big, a lot of stigma still around that, but if you only knew the, um, the amount of people who actually have this, uh, you, you would be shocked. There's just, people don't talk about it, uh, very much. That's the thing. Uh, texter writes in, Hey, Dr. L, like some of the other texters, I've been part of your passion listening community since back when I first came to Canada from the Caribbean. I remember when it was called the love line. Oh my God. That was on mix 96. And that was literally 30 years ago. I was 20 then I am 40 now and still listening. Love your show. That is so sweet. Yes. I started talking about sex on the radio close to 30 years ago on our sister station. And then 21 years ago, moved over to this station at CJD. So, um, Thank you to our community. I love you all. It's been, uh, it's always a pleasure, especially uh, taking your questions and answering, uh, you know, answering your questions and talking to you on a daily basis. So thank you. I want to thank our technical producer tonight, uh, Dave Simon, that you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito or through my website, drlori.com. At, on the website, you can reach out to me there. You can also check out our podcast. So if you've missed some shows or you have some specific topics that interest you, or you want to share them with your friends, then I encourage you uh, to do that. And also if you want to, um, watch a couple of TEDx talks that I did on sexuality, we're almost at a million views. So help me get to a million by watching them. I would be uh, grateful for that. That would be kind of fun to be able to have a million views on YouTube for, uh, for that, uh, those particular talks. So thank you. Uh, coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV national news. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.